Welcome to A Walk in My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, McKinney Smith. Hey, Faith Walkers. Thank you for joining us on the A Walk in My Stilettos podcast, where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to strengthen their resilience muscle, own their stories, conquer their fears so they can reach their goals. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but what interests me more is her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony, and since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have Kimberly Jones, known as Real Talk Kim. She's a mother, pastor, entrepreneur, best-selling author, entertainer, and most importantly, a worshiper after God's own heart. Pastor Kim is a senior pastor at Limitless Church in Fayetteville, Georgia. And Pastor Kim is an advocate partner with Rock Paper Scissors Foundation, a nonprofit organization which exists to foster healing and give a voice to those who have been silenced from all forms of abuse and human trafficking. Pastor Kim has been featured on the Dr. Oz Show, Oxygen's Network Series, Preachers of Atlanta, Your World with Creflo Dollar on BET, and so much more. So please welcome to the show, Real Talk Kim. Hello, beautiful girl. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here with you. I am so, so excited. Thank you so much, Pastor Kim. I so Aww. appreciate you. Oh, thank you. Super honored. You hear me? Just honored. <laughs> I first got the blessing to meet you in person when you came here to Toronto back in 2015. And I heard you share your story and it resonated with me so deeply. And I've been so passionately following you since then. So I am truly honored to be having this conversation with you today. Oh, that just blesses me. Thank you for (laughs) riding with me since 2015. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) So uh, I love to start the show with an icebreaker question because I believe that as women, we have all these different titles that we go by, but a title that's not given enough significance is our name. Because every time someone says your name, they're declaring that meaning to you. So I would love to know, Kimberly, do you know what your name means? I do not, but I will say it means resilient. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. You know, I don't know I, what it means, <laughs> but I would think it means resilient. <laughs> Funny enough, I actually love when people don't know the meaning of their name because then I, I get to tell you and I get to share that with you and then you remember that forever. Do you know it? I do. So when I Googled it, the <sighs> biblical meaning means chief or ruler. So oh every God. time somebody says Kimberly, they are declaring that you are a ruler and you are chief. Girl, who knew? Yeah. <laughs> we I learn something new every day. You might have should have never told me that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so uh, I love to start at the beginning before we talk about where you are presently. So can you share with us what did you want to be when you're a little girl? I wanted to be a preacher, but I was raised in a religion that said women could not preach. Mm. And basically, women were really just created to birth babies, take care of their husbands, 
And uh, that's what I thought. I mean, we got married like in this. It was United Pentecostal. We would get married at like right when we got out of high school. Wow. And we would immediately start being a mother. And uh, so I wanted to be a preacher, but I, I knew that I couldn't be a preacher. So I, I said, I remember I'd play with my baby dolls and I would line my baby dolls up and they would be my audience. And I would tell them, my mama said, she can remember at six years old, me saying, I want to be a preacher, but my daddy won't let me. So I'm going to have to be a, a praise and worship leader. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew his ministry, though. So, so how did you eventually get into ministry? Well, I was my daddy was a preacher. And so I was raised on the church pew, um, but I became very defiant when I was a young, young kid, kindergarten. I remember it started my journey of being in special ed. Um, I felt very different. I could never retain anything I learned. Uh, I would eat lunch with parapros. I mean, I was in a straight special, special class. And I remember thinking, I think I'm special and I just don't know it because I'm in a special class. I would literally think, I bet you're drooling right now and don't know you're drooling. Oh, wow. And so those labels, yeah, those labels were put on me at such a young age that I just became kind of defiant. And I basically got married at 18 years old. It lasted six months. He moved me to to Peak, Nadarique, Mexico. <laughs> and I realized real quickly, I am not a missionary. And, uh, and so that didn't work. And I came home and to come home, the only way my parents would let me come home was to go to Bible school. Mm-hmm. And so they put me in Rod Parsley's Bible school. And in Bible school is where I started really getting the, the my sound, really realizing that I can be a preacher. Mm-hmm. I can I, I can do anything that God created me to be. And even mm-hmm. if religion says I can, God says I can. Amen. And so I shifted my rebel spirit into Holy Ghost spirit. And I just started, man, a journey. Now, my journey didn't go smooth from there because I kept making wrong decisions. And if you told me I couldn't, I'd go do exactly what you told me I couldn't do. It set me back <laughs> a lot of years. <laughs> but thank you, Lord. At 40 years old, I finally got it together. Uh, and, and now I'm 48. I'm about to be 48 in, four, in two days. And wow. I can tell you, I can tell you, girl, that that's when I said, but that's when ministry got in my blood, my own ministry, like mm-hmm. knowing that. It's going to take me probably 25 more years at, at, at 18, 19. It's going to take me about 25 more years, but I'm going to finally, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I, that's when I started getting into ministry. But I didn't really walk in full-time ministry and what God had called me to do until I was 40. Wow. I mean, first things first, happy early birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. When you came here and, and spoke at the church here in Toronto and you were sharing your story of how you were working at a cosmetic counter, but you were sharing videos from in your car. And yeah. that, I guess, sparked hope in others. Can you share yeah. uh, how that how that happened? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think that um, when you go to hell, you come out on fire. And in 2006, I had walked through a divorce after 17 years. I was married to the love of my life. I, honest to God, thought I was going to die. Uh, that divorce ended in because my we, we really let sin get in our hearts and sin takes you further than you want to go and keeps you longer than you want to stay. Both of us are preacher's kids and we allowed uh, addiction just came in because we were partying instead of going to church. We were nay-nay instead of pray-praying mm. and addiction came in and destroyed a 17-year marriage and I was devastated. And I remember laying in my bed and I said, God, I said, I'm going to stop running. I was 36 years old and I said, I'm going to give you a year. And he laughed at me and took five. 
And I, I just said, I want to unbecome everything that I've become to get where I am so that I can walk in the calling that you called me to. And I'll, I'm willing to do whatever I got to do, including living with my mom and dad, which was huge, huge, humble pie. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I, I sold my $500,000 house, had to go get a job at, in cosmetics. And I hated people and it just sucked. And because I had to sit in front of them for 45 minutes and pretend I knew how to do makeup, but I didn't. And <laughs> I was so mad at God because I was where I was. I created the storms, but I was mad at him because it was raining. And mm-hmm. I just remember I went on a journey and I wasn't going to abort the mission. And so that's what I did. I started getting so saved. I got so delivered from people pleasing. I got so delivered from thinking I had to be at a certain time and place in life at a certain age. I stopped being mad at my ex for stop praying for a train to hit him, you know, and kill him. Mm. I started walking in forgiveness for real. I started owning my own mess and God started working on me. Girl, I got so saved in those five years that if a mosquito would have bit me, I'd have got it, the thing would have gotten the Holy Ghost. Wow. I was so having such a radical turn around for Jesus. And it took me five good years. And so uh, I was sitting on the side of the road at 30, about 38 years old. And my car was overheat because I drove a piece of junk. <laughs> and, um, I'd gone from a $500,000 house to my mother and daddy's guest room. I'd gone from a Mercedes, gorgeous Mercedes convertible, brand new, to a knockoff Bentley, which looked like a Chrysler. It was a Chrysler 300. It looked like a Bentley, but it was definitely not a Bentley. Mm-hmm. And this car would have me sitting on the side of the road. And girl, I was so full of Jesus. I was getting so free from depression that I was, I, I now I know why the enemy was after me. Because he knew that just as radical as I was in the world, I was going to become radical like that in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to care what nobody thought. I was just going to be loud for God. And uh, so I'm sitting on the side of the road one day and I did a video. And normally the old Kim from the south side of heaven would have got out and kicked the car and be like, you stupid car. <laughs> but this new Kim that was having an experience with God and walking in forgiveness and just thankful, just thankful that I was still at a place I hated. I still was making only $9 an hour doing makeup. But I started turning around that season by thanking God that man, I was listening to other people's stories and just of, of how, how much hell they were walking in. I was able to give them hope. And I started finding my purpose of loving people back to life. And that was set me free that I was, instead of hating my job, I was loving that I could listen and give them hope. I was a hope started in my chair. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting on the side of the road that day and it overheated and I got my phone out and that was the very first video I'd ever done in my life. Sitting on 75 with the car overheating like crazy, looking like straight, uh, straight uh, uh, Broadway smoke machine on the side of the road. And I pulled my phone out and I said, hello, awesome people. Are you sitting on the side of the road feeling like God's forgotten about you? You ready to throw in the towel? Well, he's throwing it back and telling you to wipe your sweat. You're almost there. Let's go. And that video went viral. Wow. And I'm talking to Hollywood with Sharon. Like all of a sudden, overnight, I went to 100,000 subscribers. Wow. And I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm being pumped. <laughs> and it was God. God was saying, girlfriend, you went on a journey with me. And you turned your pain into a pulpit. Mm. And I'm going to bless you because when God qualifies you, it don't matter who don't qualify you. It don't matter who don't support you. He's going to do it. He will do it. And I did it, girl. And that thing went viral. And now he made me stay at Bloomingdale's for another two years. I was ready to quit because I got to go preach. I started getting to go preach. I was so thankful that I listened to TV Jakes every day on the way to work. (laughs) I was so thankful that I got Bible school in me because I knew what to talk about, you know. Mm -hmm. And, but he made me stay at Bloomingdale's, even though I didn't want to, I stayed. 
And um, man, two years later, I stayed at Bloomingdale's. I became the evangelist, the revivalist of, of Bloomingdale's. I went from nay-naying on bars drunk, partying with people. And in four years, I became the evangelist of that building. And everybody watched God elevate me. And wow. so then it went, I went viral and that's how it started. And I started doing videos every single day. This is the key, everybody listening. The key is be consistent. When God gives you something, start where you are and be consistent with it. I would literally, even on my days off, go put my hair, put, put my makeup on, go sit in a parking lot somewhere and do a video. I wow. how consistent I was every day. And God just began to explode my social media platform. And at 40 years old, I got to go full-time ministry, y'all. And I've never looked back. I've written five books with my special ed self in five years. Amen. Podcast went nationally in, in seven years. Y'all, look what God's done. And it's all wow. because I got well. And I owned it, girl. And I you went like from addiction else. to a hope dealer. <laughs> yes, uh, to a whole hope dealer. Amen. Amen. Wow. That that is so, so beautiful. So now that you are where you are presently, I mean, a lot of people when the pandemic first hit didn't know what to do with their lives. But I know that there are many of us who have actually, you know, gotten higher and are are thriving in this season. So what has the journey been like for you since the pandemic? Man, girl, it took me back to the basics. It took me back to the car videos. It took Mm -hmm. me back to, you know, I was traveling so much because my schedule is so busy. And so I travel 51 weeks out of the year. And God showed me in that season, when when this pandemic started, literally I freaked out. I was like, oh my God, I watched 40 events cancel in the first month. And I thought, Lord, what am I going to do? He said, you're going to handle some crap in your world. What you going to do? And I'm like, what? And he just showed me, girl, that I was in a pandemic before the pandemic even started. And sure enough, uh, the first few months, I just I was blindsided by some things in my own personal life. And I walked through it with a, like a champ. I, I cried, got myself up, dusted myself off. And I mm-hmm. said, devil, you should have messed with somebody else because here mm-hmm. I come to knock some more teeth out. And so I, I elevated. I'm just shocked. My church elevated. I elevated because I'm resilient. I realized that where I am, this pandemic might have shocked all of us, but it didn't shock God. Amen. And so that means he has in Romans 8, 28, it says he's going to work all things together for our good. So good, he's working yeah. this pandemic for our good. So if we're wasting it, it's our own fault. If we're mm-hmm. not ahead, it's our own fault. I'm, I've grown. I, I've released a whole book in this pandemic. I'm writing another book in this pandemic. My Amen. church, Limitless Church that I pastor, it's blowing up. I've redone the whole church. Amen. Sunday, I was hey Sunday, I was full again. The church people are coming back. I mean, it's just exciting that I grew in this thing. I sure did, girl. I I love to hear that. I have goosebumps right now. Um, I love to hear that because I know that you know there was a lot of devastation for a lot of people, and people lost loved ones, and some people you know didn't wake up this morning. But when you hear stories of people who are still out here and able to thrive in this season and to serve on a larger scale and to do things like that, as much as I am one of those people who is in a similar position, that gives me even more hope. So it is just beautiful to hear. Yeah. You know what it, you know what it is? It's realizing that life is going to hit you. It's going to hit you. 
Mm-hmm. You're going to go through some things that are going to blow your mind. You're going to go through some things that you want to get stuck. You're going to go through some pain that ain't your fault. But you got to realize that the healing is your responsibility. Yeah. Movement is your responsibility. You can cry as much as you want, but it ain't going to change nothing. You got to learn how to mourn and move. You got to learn how to look at a situation that seems dim and see it as blessings. Because God is going to use it to elevate you. Mm-hmm. And I just look at this pandemic like with every elevation comes separation. And really what God did, girl, was he was he allowed us to see some people that aren't essential. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not essential. So they, they got weeded out. They were mm-hmm. Yeah, girl. And so he's given us a, a way to do that. So, yeah, I'm with you, girl. I get excited about it. I love it. So what inspires you the most about what you do? Ah. <sighs> People. When I tell you, I went from hating people to loving people. It's my favorite hobby. The thing that motivates me the most is knowing people's stories. Like I love little thumbnail pictures. I love people. And I may have millions of people following me, but I I know people. God, God, Mm -hmm. God has a way of he's given me a gift to make people that have never met me feel like my best friend. Mm-hmm. So they trust me, they put their guards down and then they allow God to heal them. So my favorite thing about doing what I do is seeing people get up and walk out of graves that weren't even really graves. Mm-hmm. Getting up and leaving seasons and not allowing a season in their life to define their lifetime because they made a decision to get up and live. Oh my gosh. Like like seeing people walk in their freedom and walk in their purpose and walk in their destiny. That's better than winning the lottery to me. Mm-hmm. It, it, just, it just excites me to see people taking their lives back and doing what God's called them to do. I love it. So what advice would you give to a woman that's listening right now that has lost hope? Man, you got to get it. You got to get it back. You got to realize that as long as you've got a pulse, God's got a plan. And just because he didn't want you or because he cheated on you uh, and never was faithful to you, whatever your story is, because your mama wasn't a good mama, or maybe your dad molested you at a young age, don't let the narrative of your life be the victim. Get mm-hmm. up and realize that you made it. Change, your, change the way you see things. See out of different glasses. You made it. You made it. You made it through some things that should have killed somebody else. You made it through some things that would have taken your sister out. You made it. You made it for a reason. You made it not even for you, but for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So you've got to make it. You've got to get up. You've got to change the narrative of your life. You've got to become an advocate for whatever you made it through. God always uses you at the point of your pain. Mm. Whatever you've walked through, God's going to use you. And you've got to realize that transition is a decision. Yep. Yep. You've got to get up. You've got to move. Ain't nobody going to do it for you. You can't waste your whole life eating ho-hos, scratching your behind, being mad at the world. Get up and praise your way through and take your life back one step at a time. But you got to move. Amen. Okay. Yes. I mean, I always, <laughs> I always say that our stories may be about us, but they're not only for us. So yes, I have girl. taken every pain in my life and used that for God's will and to live in, in the purpose that yes. he has for my life. And that is one reason why yes. I do this podcast, because all of you amazing women are resilient and you're sharing 
you know, the hardships that you've gone through, the adversities that you've gone through, but how you've walked out of that and how you continue to walk and how you continue to yeah. use your story to inspire other people to continue in theirs. Yeah. You know what, 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 what I don't understand is how come we will focus on the heartbreak or focus on the negative narratives in our life instead of realizing how powerful we are. We as women can birth a whole human out of our mm-hmm. body. Mm-hmm. Y'all, we can birth. Have you ever seen a man with a paper cut? <laughs> they are the biggest you know babies when they don't we feel good. So much, yes, we think men are so much stronger than us. Mm-hmm. We are strong. We can birth a whole human with 10 fingers and 10 toes out of our bodies, out of a place nothing should come out of but pee. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And then be walking down the broccoli aisle 24 hours later, taking get groceries. That's how resilient and powerful we are. But we will let a man walking out of our life or a dad hurting us or a mom wasn't there for us or a friend betraying us, talking about us, stop us. Mm-hmm. But yet we can birth the whole human. We got to stop looking at the negative narratives and turn it shift it. Absolutely. positive. We are, girl. We are, po- we are, we are, we are some mean machines. You hear me? Yes. Yes. Bad mama damn. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I had a couple of listeners send in some questions for you. Oh, We've good. got, yes, we got Miss Wilson. Good. She wants I- to know. What is your favorite scripture? Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, said the Lord, plans to bless you and not harm you, give you a future and a hope. Amen. Amen. That tells me, that tells me, girl, that no matter what I'm facing, God already has plans to get me through it. Mm. Amen. Amen. Yep. Brown Sugar is asking, how do you process God's voice for your own life when you do it so easily for others? I think that uh, we get so complicated with, uh, with our own. I think we overthink our own. I think that all the counterfeited voices in our life that have maybe told us that we're not good enough. See, the enemy can't take us out, so he tries to wear us out. Mm. He does that through the that have been negative in our lives. And so I think the reason we can do it for others so well is because we feel like they deserve it, but we feel like we don't. Mm-hmm. So when all these wonderful things about us, we're over here over, 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 over guessing, overthinking. Mm-hmm. And before we know it, God to give us the couture dress and we've settled for this freaking clearance right dress, mm-hmm. spiritually speaking. Mm-hmm. And so I think that what you need to do is when you pray and you ask God for direction, be, just stop. That first thing that comes in your spirit is God. Amen. Stop overguessing it. Stop overthinking it. And realize you deserve it. I, I think as women, we we doubt our intuition so much. We've been programmed to not listen to that inner voice. And that that's that voice yeah. when we are being still, that voice, that whisper that you hear, that is God talking to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is God talking to you. Yes, girl. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we got a uh, so sweet Sophie wants to know how to overcome this issue that she fights every day with severe anxiety and fear. Well, you stop thinking about what you're thinking about. Mm. You know, I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with fear. Uh, it's always connected to fear of failure, fear of what people are going to think about you, fear of death. Mm-hmm. And so I one time had anxiety so bad and I took myself to a hospital 
and I laid over the counter and I, I mean, just dramatic as you can, knowing I was dying, I couldn't breathe. My heart was going crazy. And I realized that as the nurse had all these probes on me in, in the lobby, she wasn't moving. And I said, lady, don't you, don't you feel my heart? She said, your heart ain't doing nothing. I said, ma'am, I am <laughs> dying. And she was like, no, it's no, you're not. No, you're not. You, you, you're, you are. She said, just think of yourself on a beach. I wanted to punch her in her face. <laughs> I said, on a beach, I am dying. And finally, I wrote, she wasn't moving. She was so straight faced and like, think of yourself on a beach. Think of yourself with a margarita. I said, I don't drink. She said, that's beside the fact. Stop thinking about what you're thinking about. Think of yourself on a beach. And so I proceed to fall over that counter and act like I was dead. All of a sudden, I hear that sweet Holy Spirit, that still small voice say, what are you doing? I said, I'm dying. If she's going to let me die right here in the waiting room of Piedmont Fayette Hospital. And I heard God so clearly say, nope, you're not dying, but you are going to be $10,000 empty in your bank account in Mm. the deficit because you couldn't get your mind under control. You couldn't renew your mind. All I heard, he, he said, if you go behind them sliding glass doors, which was the emergency room. Mm-hmm. I rose up off that counter, girl. I, all of a sudden, every ounce of anxiety left my body. <laughs> all I heard was $10,000. <laughs> I ain't never had a heart. Listen, he, y'all, you know, I learned so much that day. I learned that I wouldn't have a, a heart attack after I was having a freaking panic attack. Mm-hmm. And I realized that day that if I would, the nurse looked at me and she said something so profound to me. She said, you know why most people come in here? They're afraid they're dying. And she said, but what I don't understand is if you died, you ain't even going to know you dead. So what are you stressing about? Mm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that was such a revelation to me. <laughs> I ain't even wow. going to know it. You're just going to be gone. You just, it's going to be like you fell asleep, didn't wake up. I just got so <laughs> free that day. So get out of your feelings and get into some healing, sweet girl. You ain't dying. Get Don't you let yourself, every time your mind and your heart starts freaking out and anxiety starts taking over you, you shift what you're thinking about and start thinking about yourself on a beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that is so, <laughs> it's so true and it's so powerful. And as much as it sounds simple, because I definitely suffer from anxiety. And at first I tried to ignore it and I refused to, you know, hold on to that diagnosis. But I realized when my heart rate starts to beat really fast and my hands are sweating and I start to feel lightheaded, I have to say to myself, what am I thinking about right now? What is it yep. that that I am fighting? And it's usually when I'm not in harmony with what God wants for me. I'm fighting against what is happening. I'm I'm fighting yeah. instead of allowing things to happen. And I look at if I what what molehill am I turning into a mountain? And the second that I shift my focus and I look at positive things to focus on, whether I envision myself on a beach somewhere or whether I think about the blessings that I have in my children or all the good things that are happening, it's because my thoughts were focusing on the negative. My thoughts were worrying about things that I can't control. My thoughts. So I was allowing my thoughts to control me rather than me controlling my thoughts. Man, that's so good, girl. That's the truth. Bingo. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so tell us what's one thing most people don't know about Kim. Oh my goodness, I'm very funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's obvious. <laughs> I think I think people think that I'm, you know, loud mouth, chunky butt. 
I'm not. I'm really graceful. I'm really, I'm really kind. Um, I don't even know. I mean, I'm funny, you know, I guess maybe people do know that about me. (laughs) (laughs) The first time I heard you tell your story in person, like you told it with such humor. Like even when you were telling the bad parts, you had me laughing in that pew. So I was like, okay, yeah, you're funny. <laughs> you have an amazing sense of humor. That is so funny. That is so funny. I think, you know what? I think I am so transparent with my life mm-hmm. that people really know everything about me. I just tell it all. I just figure if I tell it, nobody else can tell it. Amen. Yep. I do the same. I love it. I love it. Yep. So with all of these different titles and hats that you wear and all these things that you have to do on a daily basis, especially, you know, COVID had to kind of slow things down for a second for you to reevaluate some things. How does Kim take care of Kim? What does your self-care routine look like? Man, I have no problem shutting down my world. Like, you know, I will, I have no problem canceling stuff. I've, I've learned that I'm going to wear myself out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I, I I love my peace. I love my home. Uh, I'm in such a great place right now in my life. And I just don't allow myself to get overextended. And mm-hmm. I realized I, the one thing, my motto this year is because I can. That's mm-hmm. my motto, because I can. People say, why would you do that? Because I can. Mm-hmm. Because I can. I'm a grown up. My no means no. I love you. But I'm not going to, I don't have to explain myself because I'm a grown up. Right. And so my motto literally this year is because I can. Why are you going to do that, Kim? Because I can. So I, think <laughs> I love it. Knowing I've got the, you know what I'm saying? Because I've got the power. I know that I have the power um, to, to decide because I'm a whole grown up. And if you don't like me because of my decision, then sorry. Mm-hmm. No. So I just I take it. care of myself. If I need to shut down. I shut down. And I'll go, I'll lay in my bed and watch a whole movie. And not even look at my phone. Yes. I've realized the world's going to go on without me. And it's fine. Yeah, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I don't really like massages. No, I don't really like spas. I, is that stupid? No, I don't even not. really like to sit and get my get my nails done. I don't even enjoy any of that. I, I put the press on nails on. I cut my own hair with my razor that I shave my legs with. Like I'm very low maintenance. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I, love it. I just I like me. So me me I like to hang out with myself sometimes, I and that's my downtime. <laughs> <laughs> so tell the people where they could stay connected with you online. You can stay connected to me all over social media just by following, just at Little Talk Kim, every YouTube channel, podcast. Uh, my website is realtalkkim.com. Um, I, got a, a, I got a free app you can get for your phone, which is Real Talk Kim. Just go to your Google Play Store, Apple Store. There's so many ways to stay. Just put in just Google Real Talk Kim. Perfect. Perfect. So I will have all of your links directly in the details section below your episode so they can just click and connect with you directly. They don't have to search too far. Okie dokie. Kim, I truly, truly appreciate you sharing this time and energy and all of your wisdom with us today. I am so, so grateful to you and I wish you nothing but the most amount of abundance and the blessings that God has to offer. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I have loved, 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 loved hanging with you. You are a special girl. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. 
And to all of you faith walkers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms and rate the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Join the community of faith walkers and sign up for our weekly newsletter at awalkinmystilettos.com. And don't forget to grab one of my personal development books available online everywhere. And if you could think of someone that would receive value from Kim's testimony, I'm challenging you today. I know you can think of more than one. If you can think of five people, share this episode with them. Screenshot this week's episode and tag us on Instagram. You can tag Kim at Real Talk Kim, and you can tag myself at The Real McKinney Smith and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.